Hello, this is Bad Vibes. Today's video is a little bit different than the other short scary stories that I tell. One is that there's only four stories because those are the only ones that responded to me. The second and main one is it's on one topic, serial killers. Let me know if you enjoy the topic versions of the series. And if you do, which topics you would like me to search for. Or if you just like them random, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe, as I'm trying to be a little bit more consistent on the second channel, and sit back, relax, and enjoy. Old Jebediah Worthy fell down the stairs in his house last night, on an unfortunate accident they said. Last Thursday, Myra Fisher's house burned down with her in it. We all knew that cigarettes would be the death of her, but figured cancer would deliver the punch, not an inferno. The Monday before that, Giles Northcutt got locked in the freezer in his butcher shop. I tried to shame with a faulty lock mechanism. And on the first of the month, Lucy Nagel had one too many of her county famous snickerdoodles and her poor little heart couldn't take it anymore. Four suspicious deaths in less than a month and yet the police see and do nothing. How can they be so fucking blind? I've tried telling people, anyone I can find, Someone is hurting the sinners in this town. The drunks, the gypsies, the rapists, and thieves. But they all just laugh at me. The only thing Worthy is guilty of is having sermons run too long. If baking cookies is a crime, then sure, lock Lucy up for life. Yeah, 750 for a pound of ground beef is kind of extortionate, but it's Giles. The only person Myra Fisher ever hurt was herself. But they were wrong. I know they were wrong. Jebediah Worthy is a deviant who told any young girl he could find that sleeping with him would absolve them of their sins. Myra Fisher was an alcoholic junkie who would lie, steal, and beg for her next fix. Giles Northcutt used his prices to fund his gambling addiction, and Lucy Nagel watched her mother die a slow and painful death so that recipe could be hers. She didn't even throw away the rat poison. It's stuff like this that makes me so disappointed when I see my best friend Keith drive drunk. So I decided to be a good friend to him. I'll buy all the rounds for him and hell, I'll even offer to be his designated driver. I'll drop him off at the outside of his house. I live just down the block so no one will see me walk from his house to mine. I position him in the front seat and turn on the carbon monoxide. It finally occurs to him what's happening, but the muscle relaxer slipped into his third brandy of the night, leaves him powerless. Just before I close the door, I lean in real close and whisper to him, I warned you. It took me 10 years to make Detective, which was about 7 years longer than it should have. After that, it only took me another 2 for them to put me on homicide. I was the first woman ever in the division. Once I got there, even the assholes in charge couldn't argue with my success rate, so pretty soon thereafter, I became their go-to guy. The stranger the case, the more likely it would wind up on my desk. We had a series of six murders over the last three months that were so close in method that they had to be related. A bona fide serial killer was on the loose in our precinct. The killer's M.O. was clinical, and the way he carried the killings out was chilling. He'd break into a house, probably one that he cased to make sure it was safe, and the victim would be alone. 
he would kill the victim with a single small caliber shot to the forehead. Then he'd pose the victims in a respectful way and take photographs. Other than the hole in the foreheads, you wouldn't have known anything was wrong with them. The way we knew he took photographs, and the chilling part, was because he mailed them to the station in lavender envelopes, and he'd use the victim's address as the return address. No name, just that address, and always five pictures. The street, the front door, and three of the victim. Taunting? Maybe. But I think he was just sick. Our break? The asshole licked a stamp. He had been in the army a few years back, so we made a DNA match and brought him in without incident. We executed a search warrant of his house as well, and apparently we found some fairly incriminating evidence. I sat down to interview him as much out of curiosity as anything. We already had him cold. Why? I haven't done anything. Right, right. I'd asked for a lawyer, but I haven't done anything. Sure, I understand. You look familiar. I figure you've probably seen my picture in the paper at some point. Do you have relatives in town? Before I could answer, another detective came in and threw one of the lavender envelopes on the table. Looks like we might have another one, the detective said. We found this at his house. Must have got him right before you could mail it. I looked at the envelope. There was something familiar about the return address. I couldn't quite... All at once, my blood ran cold. My hands shook as I tore the envelope open and pulled out the photograph. There it was, a street I knew so well. No, 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 God, please. I barely had the coordination in my fingers to move the first picture out of the way, but once I finally managed it, I saw my daughter's front door painted that unmistakable shade of blue in photograph number two. You're a murderer, the scrawny looking man said. I know you did it. I scowled. I was just about to sleep when my neighbor decided to start spouting his usual bullshit. Look man, can we skip this crap? I have no idea what you are talking about and I was just sleeping. A lie, but I wanted this idiot to be gone. I closed the door, but the neighbor blocked it with his foot. You murderous freak, he spat. I can smell the blood on your hands. I blinked. Are you stupid? I told you a trillion times, I'm not a serial killer. He did not believe me. He never did. Look, I'm going to sleep. I pushed my neighbor away and shut the door closed. I groaned and went back to my bed. Fucking neighbor. I fell asleep half an hour later, only to wake up with someone banging on my door. I opened my eyes and found my walls painted red. The police charged into my house and found me in the middle of a pile of cut limbs. Blood was sprayed on all my walls. I was shell-shocked when the police arrested me. An anonymous call was made that night. Someone had seen me dragging suspicious bags into my house that were the size of a person. The police decided to check it and found me in my bedroom surrounded by body parts and blood all over me. I tried to explain that I was innocent. But when they found the bone saw with my DNA on it, hidden underneath the floor, the jury made their decision. As I was drafted to prison, I saw my neighbor in the crowd that had gathered outside Blackside City's court hall. As I passed him, he whispered, Rot in jail, you psycho. He had this insane look in his eyes, and as I was dragged away from him, I screamed, all while staring at the red stains on his nails.
This letter is from a confessed serial killer to his 13-year-old daughter. Dear Samantha, I'm sorry I haven't been around for a while, but you're going to have to be strong, just like I'm trying to be strong for you. I don't know how much your mother has told you, but sooner or later you're going to hear about what daddy did, and I want to tell you why I did it. They're going to tell you I killed those seven kids, that I tortured them first, chaining them in that shed in the woods. You remember the place. You used to build a fort there and play princess of the castle. You'll always be my princess, even after everything that has happened there. You're going to hear about how the victims were starved and forced to eat the one that came before them, and how that they were chained up until the next one came around to eat them up too. You're going to see my name brought up on websites and social media. Photos of the murders are going to be uploaded, and you're going to have to see those corpses stripped of flesh and put on display for the whole world to see. You're going to hear priests condemning me to hell and the news stations using my name as propaganda for whatever self-serving platform they can find. And worst of all, you're going to be feared because your association with me. But you have your whole life ahead of you, and no matter how bad it seems now, this is not your defining moment. The weeks or months until everyone forgets won't last forever. These killings will not determine who you are. I won't be coming home again, but someday after years have stretched this memory thin, it's going to be like none of this has ever happened. That's why I did it. That's why I confessed. So you could move on and forget. That's why I never told the police that you were the one that led them into the woods. That's why I turned myself in as soon as I found the bodies. I don't care how many of them you got. There's only one person I care about protecting, and that's my princess. If this is what you want, then you should have it. You deserve everything in this world. I know that you told me that you weren't going to stop leading people into the woods, but at least try to be more careful next time. Don't take kids. Don't take anyone they're going to look for. And when I'm gone, I hope you find someone who loves you as much as daddy does. I hope they love you so much, they confess for you, and you can keep playing forever. Don't ever stop playing, princess. The world is yours. Love daddy. This letter was confiscated after an inmate tried to smuggle it out of the visitation room.